Hello and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Rado Palamario, Global Logistics and Supply Chain Practice Head for Morgan Phillips Executive Search. My job is to connect you with global experts, thought leaders and executives in all things supply chain. This is episode 12 and I am happy to have with us today Kenneth Lim. Kenneth is presently the Chief Technology Officer of the Maritime and Ports Authority of Singapore. He was seconded from the Government Technology Agency, where he held the role of Cluster Director of Finance, National Development and Transport Clusters. Kenneth possesses over 23 years of career experience in technology. He first began his career as a programmer in PSA and later became the Vice President of Technology Development, Trade and Logistics in Crimson Logic. He was the Senior Vice President of Market Operations and IT in Energy Market Company before joining the public sector in 2011. His professional experience covers the seaports, logistics, IT and energy industries. Kenneth, welcome, and it is a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here too. Super. Uh, so let's start first with some of the some of the questions regarding to the industry, and uh, more specifically, uh, regarding to the top strategic directions that Singapore Maritime Port Authority is trying to achieve in the next years. Could you share with us some of the top goals it is trying to achieve by 2020? Yes, my um, pleasure. And I think maybe I could start off with saying that uh, it's a uh, very good that the uh, maritime industry is now facing a digitalization uh, wave and uh, in we have actually just launched our industry transformation map in January. Right. <coughs> in that transformation map, actually we kind of uh, have four pillars. One pillar is on innovation. Uh, the other one is on productivity, talent and internationalization. And this whole uh, transformation map really has three teams, which is connectivity, talent, and innovation. So if I can talk about innovation, really, I think uh, is the time is right for actually the marine time to take on a lot more technology, uh, do transformation uh, with digitalization. And uh, with that, actually, MPA attempts to help to support the industry uh, by in three areas, actually. First area is really to deepen the maritime uh, R&D capabilities in Singapore. So for that, we actually have, have set up some centers of excellence. Uh, these centers of excellence, uh, for instance, the maritime energy and sustainable development, they are located at NTU. So then we can tap onto the knowledge of this researcher to really um, deepen the maritime research in the maritime energy as well as sustainable development. So you have the fuel, you know, you have the technology involving in the IMO 2020 type of uh, interest. I think these are areas in which the center will be looking at. Another center that we actually have uh, collaborated is with NUS. So this is the center for next generation ports. As you know, we have the Twas port that we are building. And the Twas port uh, first birth will be uh, likely to to go operational in 2021. Between now to then, actually, there's a lot of work to be done. Design the port, you know, how do you, how do the port going to function, going to be, what kind of automations and all that. So this is where simulation and modeling becomes very important. You know, just like logistics, you model the supply chain, you know, and see what's the optimized way of doing things. Likewise, for the port operation, we also want to use simulation and modeling uh, techniques. So the center for next generation port 
really in the NUS is really to help to foster this and deepen these capabilities in simulation and modeling. Right? And then we are likely to have uh, go into the third center of excellence, which is uh, revolving around um, safety and security. So these are the uh, three centers of excellence that we have in mind. We could have more centers of excellence depending on the demand. But all these centers of excellence really is to foster R&D capabilities. So R&D capabilities on one hand. Uh, next, we want to look at the talent for startups. We think that maritime also require a fair share of our uh, startup talent. So we actually work with NUS Enterprise to, uh, to set up in Block 71, uh, Raja, the startup mm -hmm. area there to have a marine time technology acceleration program. So there we want to attract the, the non-traditional players, and it means the non-marine time startup, to really also help to support the digitalization effort in marine time. Mm -hmm. um, we will be calling our Singapore Port Challenge, uh, likely in a few months' time, uh, where we will aggregate the demand and problem statements of the maritime industry. Then we'll put it up and we invite the startup to come to tackle this uh, set of problems uh, through deep tech you know, and different technologies that we have. Uh, and then we'll go through that evaluation process and also allow some of the startup to go through a 10-week acceleration program right? so that there is a good nurturing and mentoring of this startup. And then will follow through to match uh, the problem statements, the startup capabilities, so that the industry itself can also now have additional avenue of uh, digitalization. So maritime industry can actually do it in-house. They could actually partner with startup. And they can also outsource. So mm -hmm. there is many ways of... Um, different avenues in yeah, which it can happen. That's right. Super. Mm -hmm. So you have R&D, you have startup, right? And you also... The third area that we are doing is actually creating this enabling environment, which is in the whole concept is experimentation. We feel that actually in this whole digitalization era, the courage to experiment is very important. But we also understand that there are risks involved in experimentation technology. So what we have done is we have set up living lab. So PSA already has a living lab at the Pasir Panjang Wharf. So they can test all the automations and autonomous uh, operation in the, in the yard. Uh, we have also have uh, Jurong Port setting up their living lab. Uh, and then MPA also set up a living lab. Right? Um, the whole notion of experimentation, testing out what kind of technology will enable us to better operate and make sure the safety at the sea and the water of uh, Singapore Straits uh, become, become a uh, program. Uh, what we call the next generation vessel traffic management is how do we manage the sea traffic. Uh, there are other programs that we want to experiment, such as uh, remote pilotage. How do you do a remote pilotage? What kind of technology should be involved? What kind of communication? All mm -hmm. these experiments actually help us to kind of look ahead yes. of uh, what's the next concept of vision. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, uh, innovation by itself, that pillar under the industry transformation map, we call it ITM for short, actually encompasses these three strategies. 
So it's a, it's a window of opportunity because as we build our TWAS port, TWAS port is not just a physical mega port, but it actually brings a lot of opportunity for the digital twin part, you know, the digitalization, uh, linking to logistics, li- linking up to blockchain, linking up to a supply chain as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are many opportunities. Yes, and it's a great, I mean, it's going to be a great case study and... Uh... And it's a great also uh, playground almost to, uh, mm. to of experimentation yes. and, and trying out these new technologies that are emerging. Yes, so um, it's a good uh, it's a good opportunity. Um, and thank you for sharing with us uh, some of the I mean many of the good projects that you're embarking on. Okay, so uh, a question that uh, that uh, I wanted also to ask you, uh, talking about uh, different technologies. Mm. Um, which one do you think will make the greatest uh, impact in the next couple of years, uh, Kenneth? That's a good question. Uh, but, but really, I think technology, uh, there are many technologies. And really, the technology that are relevant to the state in which a maritime company is at is quite, is more appropriate. So, for instance, uh, a maritime company that is dealing a lot with processes and data, blockchain could be an enabling technology. Um, that can help them to look at the processes. The thing I like about blockchain is because I think uh, it opens up that dialogue. Uh, in, because in a blockchain uh, experimentation or project, you need to involve the stakeholders of your value chain. So upstream, downstream, you bring them together, you talk about the processes, the data that we are all sharing, and how do we agree on the smart contract which is uh, the trigger of automatic approval of processes so i think blockchain would be a very relevant technology for companies who are very you know looking at a lot of processes and uh, documentation but then if you look at say the port operators and the terminal operation then perhaps autonomous technology become more important uh, so your your yacht cranes, automation of uh, yacht crane, your AGVs, your automate, automated guided vehicles, all these would require autonomous uh, technologies. So autonomous technologies will then involve sensors, will involve uh, machine learning uh, and analytics. So these are therefore another group of technologies that maybe are more relevant also to uh, port operators as well as to businesses as well. And, and underlying all this really is that whole uh, notion about the making better sense of the data. So data analytics across businesses, whether it is in port, whether it's in marine time, whether it's in um, uh, vessel monitoring uh, centers, uh, this become quite an important area to look at. And for that area, the supporting technology involves really tracking, you know, involves uh, analytics which I think in logistics, you also will have the similar challenge of uh, how do you get sensors onto uh, the different parts of the cargo. Here, in the marine time, fleets of vessels are sailing all over the world. And uh, the comms in the ocean may not be the best, uh, best connected areas. So the question is, how do you therefore look at sensors putting onto a, a vessel, uh, monitoring the vessel's engine, the goods and the crew, and how then do you have technology that actually can do that communication and passing of uh, data across back to the operation center? 
Mm-hmm. And with data, therefore, then you have revolving, you have accompanying technologies like simulation, modeling that actually will help uh, to do predictive maintenance, predictive voyage planning, and uh, other capabilities that you can do. So I think in, in the coming years, you start to see uh, some of these key technologies. But I will always say that the key technologies uh, must make sense to what the company is trying to... So the specific to, challenge yeah, that the, the, the company is facing. Yeah, oh, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good point. And everybody, I mean, uh, I think on this different groups of technologies, um, specifically about uh, AI and artificial intelligence and machine learning, a lot of people are talking about that and talking about how do you analyze data. Um, I know that uh, that the Maritime Force Authority has implemented a few projects uh, around these new technologies. Uh, maybe if you can share shortly uh, with us a little bit more and, uh, and what some of the opportunities and challenges. Yeah, okay. I think uh, AI and machine learning uh, are really great technologies and uh, not only not only port, but I think even like in our Singapore Smart Port Challenge, there are a lot of startups that actually use uh, AI uh, to detect safety issues, right? So if you could use uh, machine learning to, to kind of uh, train up the, mach- the computers to, to recognize patterns in the port areas, you can actually identify bottlenecks, you can identify safety areas that you need to tackle. Uh, so that may be in the port area. Uh, in, in fact, machine learning can also be used to predict uh, when your, your your assets, your resources needs to go for your maintenance. Likewise, for vessels in the oceans, again, predictive analytics is quite important. Then back at the waters in the Singapore Straits, I think MPA also uses uh, machine learning uh, and analytics also to look at hotspots area in which, uh, because we have a, a more than a thousand over vessels in the in the port waters. We need to ensure that in this congested space, you know, vessels don't uh, are, are maintained at a, at a safety distance and uh, areas where there could be potential hotspots require closer surveillance and uh, supervision so that uh, we can ensure the safety of everyone in our hot waters. So I think these are some of the areas that we, we use AI for in terms of navigation, safety, uh, for our next generation vessel traffic management. Uh, so these are examples in which we use them. And, and we know that, uh, that typically, uh, and more and more and more so, technology is driven by good data. Um, you talked a little bit about uh, data analytics and, 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 and using that. But um, how do you make sure, and this is a million dollar question, right? How do you make sure that the input data for the algorithms is trustworthy? Um, how do you? Uh, how do we make sure that this the data is clean? Right, it's yeah. a it's a key question. It's a key challenge, and then yeah. I'm just wondering uh, how how do you best do that? Yeah, I agree. I think um, good data is important. They say that uh, some says that the data is the the oil right in the future, and uh, AI is the electricity. Yes. So very uh, much so. Very yeah, much that's so. right. So with data, you can actually do a lot of things. So good data will, will then bring about uh, better decisions as well, or supporting data points for good decisions. Uh, data as source, the idea of data as source, I think it must be, will be quite relevant here because even as we, we deal with logistics and even in marine time, 
the, the data at the source become uh, quite important. So for instance, uh, getting, getting um, the engine's performance uh, out from the sensor that is attached to the engine is much better than, than the human reporting the performance of the engine. Because if you have uh, interpreted data, and then when you get back the interpreted data, you further interpret the data. That makes the data a bit messy. But raw data from the engines, from the cargo, from the crew, from the sensors out there in the real world, uh, will be more relevant. So we have, uh, like in the port waters, we have all the uh, location data, the AIS data, the traffic data, which are coming from sensors, uh, these are data at raw, but you need to therefore process it, and then uh, these are more, much more uh, valuable because they come straight from the environment itself. But a lot of times, I think you need to look at a cyber physical kind of co-location. So you can have a set of data, but you also need to validate the set of data against the physical world to ensure that there is coherence and consistency between these two. So once you can get that, uh, you can you can therefore uh, you know uh, minimize that cleaning part of the data because analytics actually a large part of the analytics projects that we've seen is cleaning up the data, making good sense of data. Uh, I would think maybe the third concept besides data source and getting the the raw data is about the definition of data. So uh, you know a very simple example of the the time of birding. Uh, the definition of time of birding of a vessel can be can be clear to some, but it could be ambiguous to some. The birth of is it the, when the last rope is being moved, or when the vessel just reached the birth? What is the definition of uh, time of birding becomes? So definition of data become another step. So so I think it's important that as a maritime uh, sector lead, we also want to drive standards. Uh, we want to be ensure that there are standardized data definitions um, so that we can facilitate things like uh, just-in-time because just-in-time uh, kind of concept allows different players across the value chain to support the vessel, whether it's bunkering, whether it's uh, the pilot, whether it's uh, terminal operation, loading, unloading, even to a freight forwarder who is, who is timing his trucks to come to the port to pick up the containers. All these require good sense of the data and clear definition. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and you touched a little bit about the, the about cybersecurity and uh, and about uh, about that side of safety uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And and I think we've had some uh, we've had some big uh, issues with that last year with uh, MERS being severely affected and, uh, and there's been a couple of other companies that that were um, that were. Um, Impacted? How do you how do you tackle uh, cybersecurity? What what some of the things that uh, that uh, that you're doing about mm. it? I think uh, cybersecurity is a very important element in this whole uh, digitalization uh, framework because actually it's a dichotomy, right? Because as one hand you encourage uh, that maritime companies to go on digitalization journey. Uh, but on the other hand, when you go on to digitalization journey, the use of technologies and all that, expose yourself to greater risk of cyber threat. Right? 
So it is important that uh, as we embark on digitalization, our idea is that both must go hand in hand. So uh, MPA is also a sector lead for, for marine time in terms of cybersecurity, and we work uh, as part of a flow of government effort uh, to ensure that uh, cybersecurity measures are in place for every sectors in Singapore. Actually, um, And I think there's this uh, last year, uh, MPA proposed the formation of Port Authority Focal Point Correspondent Network, which mm -hmm. is essentially uh, members from key maritime uh, stakeholders and from port and cruise terminal uh, operators. We actually share this early information about cybersecurity uh, signals, incidents, and, and allow members to be more prepared. So I think it's, it, it, it helped because in a global community, uh, we could make use of the different time zones to our advantage. So somebody who is at the earlier time zone may have already had a zero-day attack, and they actually discover some vulnerabilities. This, this uh, information could be cascaded down to all members because then everyone of the network could actually have a little bit more time to ensure that the measures are in place, alerts are being raised, uh, escalation are done so that people are more prepared for cyber threat. Yes. Yeah, but nothing beats uh, the hygiene factor of uh, of good practices of uh, maintaining your system patches uh, of uh, cyber security practices, you know, uh, even down to uh, how employees should treat uh, every use of digital assets. And, uh, and um, that, that leads me to the, to the last question uh, on this segment. Because um, uh, you mentioned and you touched upon uh, digitalization of the shipping industry, and it's something that uh, happens across industries, actually. I think the going digital is the key uh, trend uh, in all industries, uh, more or less. Um, and it's, it's, it's a lot uh, spoken about in the shipping industry. What's your state? I mean, how, how, how is this uh, happening in the shipping? How is it impacting? Uh, is digitalization something that, uh, that is totally transforming the way uh, shipping works? Uh, mm. What's your thoughts? Well, I, I think Singapore, uh, the state of Singapore digitalizing journey, maybe if I can put it broadly as innovation, actually started many years ago, right? And I think it is true that lately we see a lot of industry all talking about digitalization. I think maybe because technology is now more accessible, right? We have cloud computing and all that that lower down the cost for people to experiment digitalization. So for us, I think in MPA, we kind of nurture the, we believe in the ecosystem of uh, innovators. So over the last uh, almost like 10 years, we built up centers uh, for researchers in the marine time. We supported companies who want to venture in using technology to support the maritime industry. I think, um, and I think working together both from shipping, from the port, and as a regulator, that tripartite kind of relationship to expedite digitalization will play an important role. So, for instance, last year uh, in the latest uh, 2017 Melon Lily. Uh, report for uh, marine time capitals of the world. Singapore uh, has made an improvement uh, from the fifth position to the second position in terms of uh, maritime technology category. 
So it is a recognition not only to MTA but to the rest of the ecosystem players that every one of us has played a part and that actually being recognized by uh, businesses in the world where MTA and, and the ecosystem has made uh, relevant technology innovation uh, and that people recognize that Singapore is the place. Yes. Um, moving on to the next segment, which is uh, related to people, and you've also spoken about talent as being a strategic direction uh, for, the, for the Maritime and, and, and Port Authority. Um, let's talk jobs. Um, what are some of the most in-demand skills uh, in the shipping industry at the moment? All right. Uh, in uh, 2016, well, MPA conducted the study on the demand and supply of uh, maritime manpower. And one of the highlights of the emerging or in-demand uh, in skill set, right, is uh, really in terms of, uh, I think, a few areas. One is the, the technology competency. People need to be comfortable with technologies, uh, willing to try. Uh, another uh, area is data analytics. Uh, and in the, in the marine time world, uh, knowledge in the green technology is also quite important. And then uh, the other two areas that we found is a bit more on the software skill, which is the multidisciplinary skill set as well as a soft skill like leadership, management, and communication. So these are some of the areas we found that these are the in-demand skill set that, that the maritime company needs. And, and with all the focus on, uh, we've spoken about uh, auto, autom automation, optimization, digitalization, um, obviously this is, these are new skill sets, these are new, uh, new uh, uh, technologies. How does the MPA authority plans to support it uh, with training people? How, 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 to, how do we best uh, train people for these new types of uh, jobs? Yeah. So I think the marine time industry actually uh, comprises of many stakeholders. The port, the shipping, the marine time services, and even marine and offshore services. Right? So different uh, operation and commercial needs require different skills. Uh, and therefore... As our port grows uh, and transforms through digitalization, uh, we want to make sure that our workforce can be reskilled uh, and also can upskill. Right? And and which is why early this year uh, in January, well, MTA signed an MOU together with PSA and Jurong Port and the respective union right, to develop human capital uh, required for our next generation. It's a kind of a con concerted effort to ensure that our workforce continue to be have the relevant skills uh, in all the digitalization areas. Mm -hmm. So the Skill Future Earn and Learn program for port operation officer is another example where we can uh, we have a program that go out to help to attract and train uh, local to work in port operation, uh, and then also. Our ports can also, and maritime industry can also tap on the maritime cluster fund where we have put in place to upskill their employees, not only in specialized port topics, but also in other areas like data analytics, cyber securities, as well as soft skills that you mentioned before. Right? And uh, 
we will continue to upgrade and to you know enhance our maritime cluster fund to support all these initiatives. In fact, we just recently top up a hundred million dollars into this fund, this pool of fund to help support the implementation of the sea transport industry transformation map, which we mentioned earlier just now. So through this uh, maritime cluster fund, right, we can you can have uh, we are going to roll out new programs such as the new global talent program, which is to support a company's effort to groom local leaders uh, for leadership position, offering uh, them opportunities to hone their skills through uh, structured rotations of jobs, right, and also overseas exposure. So you know, all in all, our port operators and maritime companies can tap on this uh, to help to train up talent, which in the whole digitalization journey, the people that actually is the key to make a difference in this whole uh, effort because they are the ones who need to see the opportunity of technology, but they themselves have the domain knowledge. And when you put the domain knowledge and technology together, I think that that really make a big difference. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I, that's, that's, that's something that companies and uh, uh, companies and different uh, institutions are looking for in today's world where uh, things are changing so, so fast. Technology is transforming the way we do business, the way we work, the way we live. Yeah. So in which this kind of hybrid model in, in which you, you need to have the technology uh, skills is, and, or be able to learn it quite fast yeah. is becoming increasingly crucial. Um, and what, what are you looking for when you're, uh, when you're hiring for your team here in, uh, in the Maritime and Ports Authority? What type of skill sets, what type of attributes are you looking for? I think um, in the public sector um, and also like in MPA, we are looking for innovative individuals. Uh, I think people who are open to ideas, who are willing to build up the ecosystem together to drive the, the sector. So in our case, uh, people who are passionate to initiate and to drive uh, maritime R&D projects, uh, innovations, experimentations. I think because as uh, the maritime Singapore evolves into many areas, uh, people need to be you know, uh, relevant, responsive, resourceful, uh, and also be adaptable and, and be willing to listen to the industry. Uh, adapt the, the, the regimes that we have and then uh, try out with uh, the maritime companies. So I think these are some of the traits that we are looking for. Mm -hmm. Got it. And, and what skills do you think that the shipping and supply chain professionals should be focused on to remain relevant and continue to add value to the industry in the future? Yeah, so I think the earlier response about the, the few traits that we, uh, that, uh, we found Know, whether it's in technology competency, analytics, and those that we mentioned are continue to be relevant to, to the shipping line, to, to port operators. Yes. Um, final segment on, the, on a couple of questions on the personal note. So, uh, Kenneth, what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Mm. You, you, you hear me say a lot about ecosystem development, and, and that is where I feel is one of my personal habit of linking different stakeholders and people together. Mm -hmm. I think uh, no one can uh, work alone. And I'm always reminded of this uh, African proverb, right? That if you want to run uh, fast, you run alone. But if you want to run far, you have to run together. 
and, and that actually uh, kind of uh, is my personal belief whether in my different roles uh, throughout public sector and private sector um, having that ecosystem around you actually makes things much easier to 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 work together and achieve better results as well yes oh, that's a good that's a good uh, good example good proverb mm-hmm. Um, and to keep yourself in tune with the market, with the new trends, with the, all the new different technologies that are coming up, uh, I, what are you using? Do you follow any websites? Do you have any like, apps that you use? Yeah, I mean, uh, for domain, you know, there are a few, uh, few areas. For domain building, usually I read articles, both, you know, offline, online. There are many, many websites that have very good information on many times. Uh, then for personal growth, I... I usually listen to audio discs. So, and our national library here has a wide range of topics, and uh, from science to you know management to leadership to innovation. So, because when I when I move around to to meet different people, I drive and uh, I used to play the disc and just listen, right? And you want to expose yourself to different topics, and then even some discs like talking about. Uh, perfume making and things like that sometimes can spark you to think differently in terms of uh, how we work yeah. yes yes for sure um, final question from us uh, if you could give some advice to a 23 year old graduating university and wanting to achieve a great career in shipping what would it be mm, interesting I say welcome <laughs> welcome to the shipping and uh, maritime Singapore industry it's a very uh, interesting uh, sector to work in uh, and actually, when you are outside marine time, you, you don't really see the excitement involved. But once you come nearer to ports and all that, you start to see ships. You start to see the different activities revolving around marine time. Actually, it's a very exciting thing. And, and to a 23-year-old graduating student, I would say, well, get, get your hands, uh, hands-on experience. is very important. So for myself, I always believe that you should try really to innovate and get your, help, your hands-on experience in the early part of your career. Whether you are a programmer, whether you are an engineer, whether you are a seafarer, try the experience. Because once you involve yourself in the hands-on experience, uh, in creating things and in, in really embracing that sector, it stays with you, right? That experience, nobody can take away from you. And then as you... as uh, as a young graduate, actually there is a lot of advantage because they are young, they have lots of ideas, they have a lot of passion, um, they have uh, the courage to dream uh, and nothing, really lesser things to lose, right? So actually there's a, a lot of uh, advantage that they can really try out the different aspects of the maritime. Then as you, as they, as, uh, as they go on, I would also advise them to be humble and be uh, observant, uh, have really listened to what uh, the industry uh, trends people are talking about and, and really try to digest that because that kind of uh, knowledge stays with them. But then uh, as they move on to their uh, career ladder or in life, then they can look at other things. But start off with more hands-on jobs. Yes. Thank you for that. 
Kenneth, thanks a lot for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your, your thoughts and insights. It's been a very um, informative uh, sharing session and, and hope to catch you soon. Yes, thank, you thank, for, you very thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow us on radopalamariu.com slash podcast for all the show notes, links and extra tips covered in the interview. Make sure also to subscribe to our emailing list to get the news in the nick of time. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes or Stitcher and you like what we do, please kindly review and give us five stars so we can keep the energy flowing and get more people to find out about our podcast i'm most active on linkedin so do feel free to follow me to stay tuned for our latest uh, articles as well as future guests for the podcast and if you have any suggestions or any other idea please feel free to write to me i respond to all and also please make sure not to miss our next episode where we will be having a few other c-level and top leaders in supply chain joining us stay tuned